Hey, welcome back to the Ascent Church Podcast. We have a great episode for you. So let's get to it. All right. Good morning, Ascent. We are... Hey, thank you guys. Yeah, I like when you talk back to me. Uh, <laughs> now, don't get carried away just because I said that. <laughs> we don't, this is a monologue still, okay? <laughs> I'm going to dialogue up here. Um, we are finishing uh, our series. Uh, we're not finishing. I'm sorry. We got at least one more week left in Third John. I Honestly, I thought this would take like one week because it's such a short little letter. But the thing about the Bible is, is the more you dig into it, the deeper it gets. And this week... I couldn't figure out what not to say. So I'm going to actually spread this out probably over a couple more weeks. And then we're going to go into Christmas season, which is crazy to believe. Like, where did 2020 go? And now we're about to be in 2022. Uh, it's just been a crazy deal. But so Christmas is coming up. But I want to, I wanna, as we come into these last few weeks looking at Third John, we're going to look at how our authority plays out. So this whole series has been about living under Jesus's authority. That this is kind of the spirit that the Apostle John is writing to this church, and he's trying to, to get across to them that you know they're living as if it's my life, my rules. And John says, well, if you're a believer in Jesus, it's actually different. It's actually God's life. You were bought at a price. Every breath you breathe is a gift from God, and you don't live by your rules, what you think is right. You live by what Jesus says is right. And that's going to conflict sometimes with what you think politically. That's going to conflict sometimes with what you feel. That's going to conflict sometimes with what your best friend wants you to do. But at the end of the day, you choose Jesus over all of those things because we live by his rules. God's life, Jesus's rule. And as we come into this week, I want to look at what about when we have authority? And uh, you might think, Blake, I don't have any authority at all. Like uh, I'm a kid, you know, my parents tell me what to do. Then I go to school. My teachers tell me what to do. Then I go to football practice. My coach tells me what to do. Then I come home and my parents tell me what to do again. I have no authority. And I would just say there is a greater authority that you will that you might not even know about. So what we're going to look at today is actually three levels of authority. Um, And the bottom level is the level you guys all think about when you think about authority. But there's actually much more important levels of authority. Or power. And I I like the way uh, the Oxford Dictionary uh, defines power. It is the capacity or ability to direct or influence the behavior of others. That's something we should all want. Uh, Think about what you want your loved ones to do. We all, if you're a parent, there are some things you want your kids to do if you're a good parent. Because you love them. Uh, if, If you think about our country, I'm sure you guys have opinions of, you know, if the country would just do this then it would be a better place to live. Or if the world would just do this, then it would be a better place to live. And that only comes through leadership, through having the power to influence the behaviors of others. And so this week, we're going to look at three ways in which you actually lead others. You wield that authority. You get that to happen. Uh, Next week, I'm going to look at the motive behind it. So this week is means. Next week is motive. So I'm just assuming you're not a terrible person trying to lead people (laughs) into a terrible place this week. If you are, come back next week. We'll talk about it. Now, I'm going to pray for us, and uh, and then we're going to jump in. But before I pray, I've got some really important things that you guys are probably all wondering. Number one, you're like, what's growing on his face? And uh, every every November, uh, it's Movember for me. And partly to annoy my wife, and partly just to see what I can grow at this point in life, I try to grow it out for a month, and we just kind of see what happens. I asked my wife if she liked it this year, and she said, it's creepy. So, I mean, not exactly what a guy's hoping to hear, but I'm holding out faith that one year I will grow something and I won't look like a guy who's trying to give out candy out of the back of his white van. 
But until then, you're just going to have to deal with it. We're not even four minutes in, and I've said something inappropriate, so it's going to be one of those Sundays, folks. Let's pray. Father, uh, thank you so much uh, that you're with me. Uh, God, I, I don't want to go without you. Uh, Lord, I don't want to stand up here without the power of your spirit. Uh, Lord, I, I am weak. God, I preach above what I live every single week, and I trust God. I trust that your spirit is working not only in the people I speak to, but in myself. And God, I pray that what I say today is true. Lord, I pray that the things that I say that are not true would just go away from my memory and go away from the memory of my hearers. Lord, as we come to this text, I pray that we would worship you, that the things I say would lead us to say, how great is our God? Lord, I pray that you would give us the kind of power we need to make true and lasting change. Lord, I pray that those of us who have authority over others, we would use that authority well to love them and to serve them. God, it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. First level of leadership, really the lowest level, is uh, when you lead by position. Uh, When you lead by position, that means uh, you're the leader because everybody else is required to follow you. You're the boss. You're the one that signs the paychecks, and so I'm here, boss, because I have to be. Uh, Or if you're a mom or a dad, you have leadership by position. Like your kids don't get to decide or vote on what we're going to do. You're the boss. And uh, maybe you've heard this in your family, but it goes something like, I'm the mom. That's why we do it. I'm the dad. And when a dad says something, you do it. And, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I remember sometimes I I think I'd catch my dad in something where he knew it was wrong, but he couldn't give up his position of authority. You know, it's like, I'm the dad. That's why we're doing it. You know, and I try to argue and just stop arguing. Uh, Maybe you're a parent. You've been there. That's leading by position and leading by position is important. This is what Diatrophes, the bad guy in our character, in our uh, story today, if you will, he's trying to lead by position. He wants authority. He wants first place. And before we get into what he does wrong, I want to say this. Leading by position is important. Like you have to lead by position. We have to have people who have positions of power. It's the way the world works. Uh, I was reading this last week about Harry Truman. He's the guy who decided to drop the, the atomic bomb. And uh, you know, terrible thing to have to decide because it was either send like a million Americans to go over and fight war or drop this bomb and kill a whole bunch of Japanese people. And, and he wrote a letter to his daughter and he said, somebody has to make a decision and it has to be me. That's the weight of leading by position. If you're a dad and mom, you got to make decisions for your family. If you're, if you're a leader of the country, if you're a leader, I'm, I'm, I'm a leader by position. I'm the pastor of this church. So I have to make some decisions that is going to make some of you guys mad from time to time that are hard decisions where there's not a clear right or a clear wrong. And the reason we have leaders by position is to make those decisions. But here's what Diotrephes gets wrong. He thinks that that is the ultimate power. He thinks that is where leadership is all about. And he gets it completely wrong. He gets it wrong because, number one, he thinks that everybody's supposed to serve him because he has that position of power. He thinks that because he has this, you ought to just comply with what he says without any other thoughts. Let's look. Verse 9. I, being John, wrote something to the church. Now, when a guy who walks with Jesus writes something, you probably ought to listen to what he says. But Diotrephes, who loves to have first place among them. I mean, that's not bad in and of itself. Today is the final NASCAR race of the year. Basically Christmas for me. Uh, My favorite driver is going to win the championship today. That really has nothing to do with the sermon, but I had to work it in. 
And you would too if your favorite driver was in the championship race. And I, you know what I hope Kyle Larson is thinking today? I hope he's thinking I love first place. You know? Like, I don't want Kyle Larson going, you know, I think second will do today. And, and you know, in the words of the theologian Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> this is the feeling of diatribe. I worked in a Ricky Bobby quote. Okay. We've hit an all-time low. This is, <laughs> this is the attitude of diatrophies. He, he, he thinks that if he's not in a position of power, then he has no power at all. He loves to be in first place. And then it says this. He does not receive our authority. This is why if I come... And I'm going to talk more about this next week because I think this is really interesting. But it says, this is why if I come, if John comes, I will remind him of the works he is doing. Slandering us with malicious words. By the way, can we not just take verse 9 and take out diatrophies and put in whatever politician you want to in there? And would it not fit perfectly? I don't know. It might say something about the people that we put in power. Verse 10. This is why if I come, I will remind him of the works he's doing, slandering us with malicious words. And he is not satisfied with that. He not only refuses to welcome fellow believers, but he even stops those who want to do so and expels them from the church. Here's the big thing Diotrephes gets wrong about positional power. He thinks it's yours to take. But what we know is positional power is actually a gift from God. It's a burden from God. It's a responsibility from God. If you want to be in power, you don't do it by taking it, which is what he's trying to do, is he not? He's slandering the Apostle John so that he has power. And when other teachers come in, instead of listening to those teachers, what does he do? He forces those teachers out. Why? So that he can have all of the power. But here's the thing, friends. If you desire to lead by position and position only, like I was kidding about the, the mom and dad thing earlier, but, but seriously, if, you're, if your answer to your kids is always, why do we do this? Because I'm the mom, that's why. Or because I'm the dad, that's why. If I ever get up here and I say, this is what we're doing, and it's because it's I'm the pastor, and that's why we're doing it that way. If that becomes my mode of leadership, here's what I'll get, and here's what you'll get. You'll get compliance. People will do what you say to do because you're the leader. You're the one signing the paychecks. You're the mom, you're the dad, I'm the pastor. But you'll never get compliance or cooperate, or you'll get compliance, but you'll never get cooperation or commitment. You get people to comply for a little while, but they won't cooperate or commit to it. Uh, on uh, January 1st, 1863, there, there's my good history coming out. There was an important document that was signed. It's called the Emancipation Proclamation. It rhymes and everything. Uh, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, and he ended transatlantic slavery as we know it. And we all know what happened, right? African Americans were immediately treated as equals. There was no problems for them after that point. No. That's not how it worked. You know why? Because somebody with power changed the law so that we had to comply with it. But he did not change the hearts of people. Because he didn't have the power to do that. Somebody with the position of power doesn't have the power to change hearts. All I can do is change your hands. I cannot change your heart. I cannot change what you want to do. I can only change what you have to do. You'll do it because you're required to, not because you want to. Uh, it, it, it's kind of like this. Um, if you have a driver's license, you speed. Like, I know that you do. Uh, that's the most broken law in the world. We all speed. And the reason we speed is because we desire to get from point A to point B more than we do value following the speed limit. Uh, I grew up, I didn't grow up, but I went to high school in Fort Worth, lived there for four or five years. And to get to my high school, I had to get on a really busy highway to get to school. And nobody followed the speed limit. 
<laughs> if you followed the speed limit, like grandmas would be driving past you backwards in their minivans. That's just, you don't go the speed limit unless you want to get ran over. And for me, my desire was not to follow the 65 mile an hour speed limit. My desire was to get off the road and away from those crazy Texan drivers. Can I get an amen? amen. If you're from the country of Texas, I apologize. So what would it actually take? What would it actually take for me to go the speed limit? I'd have to desire it. Now, I will go the speed limit, and you will go the speed limit when there's somebody in authority by you. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but you're going like 71 on a 55-mile-an-hour road, and uh, you know, you're know you cruising along, and you come up a hill, and on the other side of the hill is a police officer, and it's too late. Oh, that's a terrible feeling, isn't it? Like your throat drops into your stomach, you hit the brakes, and the police officer turns on his lights, and you're like, dang it. Uh, and then, in an act of mercy and grace, the police officer turns off his lights. He just was flashing me, giving me a warning. Now, I don't know if you're anything like me, but after I change my underwear, what I do is, <laughs> is I drive really slow for a while because <laughs> I'm scared. You know, I'm 10 and 2 on the steering wheel. I am, I'm paying attention to the road. But it takes about 10 minutes before, guess what? I'm going 71 and 55 again. Because <laughs> his authority changed my actions. I complied while he was there, but it didn't change my heart. And parents, you don't just want your kids to comply when they're around. Like, if you, if you tell your kids to do something, like, you know, don't do drugs, it's not like, hey, just don't do drugs in front of me and we're good. No, it's like, I just don't want you to do them because they're bad for you. I don't want you just to wear your seatbelt when I'm in the car. I want you to wear your seatbelt all the time. And the only way to change that is to change the desires of people. And you'll never be able to change it just by using leadership by position. So as we go down to the next level, the next level of leadership is when we lead not by position, but we lead by example which is what we see in the next verse, verse 11. Dear friend, he's talking to Gaius, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. So what is is the way that he is giving leadership? We're going to be introduced to him in a second. His name is Demetrius. He's telling Gaius to follow Demetrius based upon what he does. Follow the example. Follow the example of Demetrius. This is way more powerful than leading by position when we lead by example. And you can change the world if you lead by example. And that's why I said if you're a kid in here today, I just went back there with kids before we started, and one of them has a shirt on that said, uh, I'm a kid changing the world. And I really believe that. I believe a kid can change the world. I believe if you're not the boss of your company or if you're whatever position you're in where you feel like you're under authority or in the world, you feel like I can't really make a difference, you can make a difference leading by example. And for a lot of us, we're like, Blake, what difference can I really make? Um, And and I get that. But it starts with one person. For instance, I told you about Abraham Lincoln. He signed the Emancipation Proclamation. I'm really glad that's a law. But I really wish we didn't need the law. And I would say today, we don't need the law. Like, I I don't need somebody. It's not like I want to own another person. I'm like, oh, darn it. If it wasn't for the Emancipation Proclamation. (laughs) And you're not either. You laugh at it. But if I was preaching in a church in 1895 and I said that, you guys would have fired me. Why? Because our hearts have changed as a culture. And it wasn't a politician who changed the hearts of people. It, it was people like Rosa Parks, lady who had no authority, none positionally. And yet she respectfully refused to give up a seat on the back of a bus that began to change the way we viewed people. It's a guy like Martin Luther King Jr. who had no political power, so to speak, but he spoke a message of grace and peace. And he, and he, he made people real to us. And before long, we began to see people for who they were, that they're people. 
An African American is, is not something to be owned. It's a human. And we don't own humans. That's not what we do. And we begin to see that the way we treated them was wrong. But it started not with somebody in a position of power. It started with who? People who led by example. Heard a really interesting story this week kind of illustrating this. Uh, is about a kid who he loves scuba diving, uh, 20, 21 years old. And uh, he was scuba diving in the ocean. And he noticed this portion of the ocean had a bunch of plastic. Uh, plastic everywhere. And it, it really it hurt his heart. He's like, man, this is ruining God's good creation. And uh, if he was like so many people who think that you have to have a position of power to do anything, this is what he would have done. He would have went home and he'd have got on Facebook and he'd have yelled at people. So that's what we do. And we feel like we're making a big difference, don't we? You know, I'm going to let those people know what they're doing wrong. And uh, if we're really dedicated, we'll even find a politician who agrees with us and we'll vote for them. And we think, man, we're really making a difference now. You know, if everybody else would just do what I'm doing, everything would be fine. Uh, that's not what this kid did. He did not go on Facebook and post about it. Uh, he said, you know what, I think I could create something to make a difference here. He began to create a contraption to pick up plastic in the ocean. Now, I have no idea if his contraption works or not. I don't even know his name. I just barely heard the story. But the point is, is that he didn't wait for somebody in power to do something. He said, here's the power I already have, and here's what I'm going to do about it. Now, that's the kind of person that changes the world. Not somebody who yells on Facebook, not somebody who tries to get into a position of power or vote for other people. That does nothing. I'm sorry, but it does nothing. I know you think your politician's a savior. He's not. The way the world actually changes from the heart is by people who lead by example. That's level two. Level one was those who lead by position. Level two is those who lead by example. And then here's the ultimate level of leadership. And that is those who lead by respect. And this happens after you've led by example for long enough. See, at first, I I, I do what I'm required to do because you're the boss. If you lead by example, eventually I'll imitate or I'll follow you because I want to, not because I have to. And ultimately, if you do that long enough, you'll get to a level of respect which is exactly what we see about Demetrius. Everyone speaks well of Demetrius. Could you put a politician in in this side? (laughs) I told you we could put a politician in verse 9. I can't think of a politician we could put in verse 12. And I wonder if you could put your own name in verse 12. Everyone speaks well of Demetrius. Everyone? Even the truth itself. Even reality itself. And we also speak well of him. And you know that our testimony is true. Everyone speaks well of him. He's leading by respect. This is when you get to the point where people follow you, not, not because of anything that you, uh, you say for them to do, not because of any rules you've laid down, but because of who you are. And this is the kind of pastor I want to be one day, and I haven't earned it. You know, it's going to take me 20, 30 years. I have to come out here with a gray hair before you guys... Listen to me by respect, and I understand that. You know, like I want to, that takes time to earn where somebody says something and you trust them because of who they are. My, uh, my grandfather in law, Junior Zollinger, is turning 80 years old this week. You should clap for that. If Junior were to call me tomorrow, and I hope he doesn't because I'm saying this, he's ornery, so he might. And he said, Blake, I need you to stand on your head. I, just, I need you to find a wall and stand on your head. You know what I'd do? I'd find a wall and start standing on my head because I respect him. And then I'd probably ask, now why am I doing this, Junior? <laughs> now you ask me to do something like that, I'm going to say, get away. You know, don't ask me to do those things because I don't know you. But I know Junior, and I know if he's asking me to do something, it's for my good. 
You know, I, I could say, well, he's my grandfather-in-law, so I've got to do whatever he asked me to do. But that's, that's not why I listen to Junior Zollinger. I listen to Junior Zollinger because of, because of respect. And you've all got people in your life, right, like this, who they lead you by respect. They have no authority over you, so to speak, like positionally. But if they call you and they ask you to do something, you're going to do it because they lead by respect. And what a, what a wonderful way to lead. Parents, can you imagine if we parented in such a way that our kids listened to us out of respect for who we were? And like, I, I want to do what my dad says because I respect my dad. And that takes time to earn. And I think we can do it as we lead by example. See, so many of us are like travel agents. We're trying to send people where we've never been. If, if you want your kids to change, you got to look at yourself. If you're a boss, if you want your company to change, you got to look at yourself. Any place you, you see change, you want to express authority, you've got to look inward first. What can I do to change here? Taylor and I, uh, all the time, like, we, we want to be parents one day, and so um, when you're not parents, you know, it's easy to fantasize about all the things you're going to do. And uh, I know you guys probably laugh at me. It's like, oh, no, our kids will never act that way. All right, you know. <laughs> but but we, we talk about these things, and, you know, we talk about, man, we want our kids to eat healthy as we're sitting there eating nachos. <laughs> It's like, we've got to make changes now in ourselves because our kids are not going to do what we say to do. They're going to, they're going to imitate what we do. We're going to lead by example. And so basically my, my big thing for all of us in this room is, is where can you make yourself better today? Where do you need to lead by example? Not how can I get other people to do what I want them to do, but where can I step in and begin to make a difference right now with the power that I have inwardly? And when we start there, everything changes. Everything changes. There's a story in the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 12, uh, King Rehoboam, uh, he just took over from his father and he's, he was getting advice on how to lead the people. And uh, his, his younger advisors, you should never listen to the younger advisors over the older ones, the younger guys come in and they're like, you know what, you got to show these people who, boss is, who the boss is. Like, if you thought my dad was bad, my, uh, my pinky finger is as thick as his waist, is what they tell him to say. She's like, I'm, I'm, I'm mean. And they said, if they act out, you got to whip them with barbed wire. And that's how a lot of people view power and authority. Like, we'll just beat people into submission, into compliance, into what we want. Christians are guilty of this too, are we not? Like, instead of actually trying to love people, we, we try to elect politicians to force people to do what we believe. Instead of actually leading by example. It, it's much easier to do it this way, is it not? But his older advisors give him great advice. Advice, unfortunately, he didn't follow. You should read the story. It's interesting. Really, 1 Kings and Judges are awesome books if you're struggling to read the Bible. My favorite story is in the book of Judges. I don't know what spiritual impact it's supposed to have, but there's this lady who takes a tent peg and she drives it through the temple of a man. And I'm like, man, that's cool. Rated R. We don't teach them back there out of St. Kids about the lady who drove a tent peg through a temple. That has nothing to do with what I'm about to say. First Kings chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. Here's the advice they give. Then King Rehoboam, Rehoboam consulted with the elders who had served his father Solomon when he was alive, asking, how do, how do you advise me to respond to this people? How do, you, how do you advise me to lead them? They replied, today, if you will be a servant to this people and serve them, and if you respond to them by speaking kind words to them, they will be your servants forever because they'll respect you. 
Now, John, as he is speaking this, didn't come up with this himself. He came up with this because he saw the greatest leader of all time up close and personal. You see, when Jesus walked on this earth, there was no doubt that he was the Messiah to these 12 men. He was doing things that the Messiah was supposed to do. But he wasn't fully leading like they expected the Messiah to lead. Because they'd read their Old Testament and they saw that he was supposed to be the king, the king of the world. And so Jesus, this is great. We're healing people. You're preaching cool sermons, all this love and grace stuff. It's awesome. But when are we going to go kick some Roman butt? You know what I mean? Like we've got to build an army. We've got to go out there. We've got we to knock off the Caesar. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. And Jesus just keeps saying, no, no, no. That's not the way that we're going to do it. And John gets frustrated. And the other disciples get frustrated. John doesn't get it at all. Uh, in fact, he, uh, he sends his mom at one point in the book of Matthew to ask Jesus if when they take over, he can have the right seat on the throne. You know, like, hey, mom, will you go ask Jesus for me? Which is so weak and cowardly. Um, and then he asked himself in, in the book of Mark, but, you know, I want to be, Jesus, you have the power, you have the authority, but I want to be at your right seat. And Jesus says, that's not how I do things. And then one of my favorite verses, Mark chapter 10, he says, the son of man himself did not come to be served, but to serve. The God of this universe came not to be served, but to serve. And his kingdom was a different kingdom. It wasn't a kingdom of the thrones that we see. See, at the end of the Gospel of Mark, we get to see who gets to be on the right and the left side of Jesus. But his throne is a cross. It's not the kind of throne you're expecting. His greatest act of leadership is laying down his life And still to this day, Jesus does not impose that we follow him. He doesn't force us to follow him. Not a single one of us. In fact, Jesus is the opposite of what I try to do. He doesn't try to convince people to follow him. When he gets a big crowd, he would always say something crazy and tell them to leave. You know, he's like, you have to die to yourself. You can't go to your dad's funeral. You got to follow me first. He says these kind of things because he wants people to follow him, not because they have to, but because they want to. And he lays his very life down so that we are able to dies for my sin, takes my place that I deserve to pay on the cross. And he rises again, and it is through his humility that then God exalts him. I want to close with this. Molly, everybody, you guys go ahead and come up. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. The Apostle Paul tells us what kind of influencers we want to be, what kind of leadership we need. So adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. That verse should blow all of your minds. Like if anybody had the power to enforce things, it was Jesus. And yet he didn't see his divinity as something to be exploited. Man, if it was me, if I was divine, Kyle Larson would win by seven laps today. I'd be like, oh, what's this going to hurt? I'll just a little touch here, my divinity. That's not what he does. He lays it down. Instead, verse 7, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So that at that name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Friends, what if we modeled our leadership off of this instead of off of what we see in the world? 
What if instead of slandering people and manipulating people to get a position of power, we realize that God has us where we are for a purpose? In fact, Jesus, when he's on trial, uh, he, he stands before Pilate. And Pilate uh, is talking to him. He said, don't you know who I am? You're not, you're not answering my questions and I'm the king. And Jesus looks at him and he said, <laughs> you only have this authority because it was given to you. You, you, you only are the parent of the kid you're the parent of because it was given to you. I'm only the pastor of this church because God wanted me to be the pastor of this church in this time and in this place. I don't get to control the authority that I have as far as position, but what I do get to control is what I do with the authority I already have. I can lead by example. And God, I pray one day, through taking on the form of a servant, I could lead by respect. I want to pray for us. If you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. Take about the next 20, 30 seconds, and I want you to pray the normal prayer of, Holy Spirit, how are you speaking speaking to me today? But I want you... I want you to look at in your life where you're not leading by example. Where you're yelling at somebody else to do something you yourself are not doing. I want you to look at where you can take responsibility for something in the world or in your life, utilizing the power you already have. Ask God to show you. Father God, in Matthew 28, you tell us that you've given us all authority. Tell us to go on our mission. And you tell us that you'll be with us. God, I pray that you'd give us the courage to obey what you've called us to do. And Lord, I'm grateful for the greatest power we have, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. Given to those who are born again in Christ Jesus. God, I pray that we would use the power we have wisely. Jesus, it's in your name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, let's stand and worship this King. Thanks for tuning in to the Ascent Church podcast. You can check in with us on social media at My Ascent Church. New episodes each week. Thanks. Thanks.